Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chapel, back from our little break. I hope you all have had a great few weeks. Um, I've missed getting to chat with you uh, via, via the podcast and over on Instagram. But I'm glad I got some time off and I hope that you were able to maybe catch up on some old episodes and listen to some things that maybe you have missed since we didn't have anything new for a couple weeks. If you're new to our show, we've been doing this for, I don't know, like four years now or something. There are a lot of episodes and I encourage you, go back, kind of pick and choose, try to find interesting things, um, take advantage of all of the information and content that we've created over the years. There's so much powerful training and inspiration in our old episodes. And you can always go to our website um, currently at so you want to be a witch.com, though I'll go ahead and give you guys an update. We're going to be probably renaming the podcast and moving it at some point. Don't worry, I'll let you know. You'll still be able to find all of the old episodes. But as of now, if you go to so you want to be a witch.com, there's actually a search function. So you can search by keywords to search our show notes and find episodes that might, uh, might you know, strike your fancy. But while I was gone, one of the things I was thinking about, because um, we actually had just done a partner campaign right before I went on my vacation, uh, was how important collaboration really is in your business and how collaborating with other small business owners or even bigger companies can be such a beautiful synchronous way that to like mutually create promotions and create revenue and meet new customers. And this is something we've been leaning really heavily into in 2021, especially with kind of the ongoing both ethical and practical issues of a lot of our social media platforms. At the time of this recording, it was only a couple weeks ago that all of Facebook stuff, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp were down for most of the day, which is a big deal, um, especially if you're using that organically, but even for advertising as well. And I've been trying for the past several years to really make sure that for my business personally, but also for what we're teaching our customers, that we're talking about ways to supplement social media. And we actually have a whole bunch of sections inside of the Holistic Business Academy framework that are talking about non-social media ways to grow your business. Things like content marketing for sure, podcasts and blogs and stuff like that, but also like in real life relationships and then also networking and collaborations. So what I mean by a collaboration for the context of today, of course that can be anything, but I think a lot of times when we think about a collaboration, we think about making a product with somebody oh, I'm going to collaborate on a course, right? I'm gonna make a course with a friend of mine. I'm gonna run this program with a friend of mine. We're gonna make a product together. And those are all awesome. But collaboration can also be more simple in your business and can actually just be a matter of promoting what you already have. This is one of my favorite ways to do collaborations because you don't have to create anything new and neither does the person you're collaborating with. Something that we talk about a lot with sales, but is true here for collaborations and any networking as well, is this idea that people are busy. People are overwhelmed. You know, a lot of folks have so much different information coming at them at all the times. And something I'm really keen on in our businesses is how do we reduce the cognitive load, the amount of effort required 
for the people who are interacting in our businesses. We talk about this in terms of sales and marketing and making sure that you're saying things multiple times in multiple ways, reminding people, you know, that kind of flipping on the head the story that if somebody doesn't get back to you, that means they don't want your thing. And instead of recognizing, gosh, they probably just didn't see your fucking email. <laughs> this is true for collaborations too. So I want to talk a little bit about the three clear steps to have really powerful collaborations and some ways that you can use them in your business. Because Whenever, you know, a social media platform goes down or something shifts in the marketplace, knowing that you have other ways to reach out to people, to find your ideal customers, to sell your work is so powerful. So sales collaborations start with something very important, which is an overlapping audience. Or if you're a Holistic Business Academy member, overlapping core identity customer, right? If we're going to be collaborating with somebody, if we're going to be working with them to promote our product or service, we want to make sure that their audience actually needs what we have. And I say overlapping because we don't want it to be identical. The best collaborations are going to be with people where there is some difference between what you do and what they do, but the customers have an overlap. So for example, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for me to do a collaboration with another um, business strategist who's a bit of a generalist like I am, right? That wouldn't make a lot of sense because that's my work. However, it makes a lot of sense for me to do collaborations with, for example, Hannah Cole, who is a tax expert and is actually coming into the Holistic Business Academy next week to do a bonus training. She has done a bonus training every single year we've had HBA open because I am not a tax expert and Hannah is. We have very similar customer bases, but we do different things for them. So Hannah and I do a lot of collaborations because, because they overlap, but we do different work. And Hannah's awesome. We can link her up in the show notes um, from Sunlight Tax. And uh, she runs a money boot camp, which is a great membership all about how to do your fucking taxes. <laughs> so we're looking for these overlapping audiences. And that's the first question you want to ask yourself. Are my customers, my potential customers, my core identity customers inside this person's audience? Now, it doesn't need to be a 100% match, right? It's probably not going to be, it's going to be not a, not a Venn diagram that is just one circle, right? But we want to make sure there is some overlap in terms of who you're trying to reach, who they serve. Now, the second piece we want to look at with this collaboration is to make sure that you actually have something to offer that audience. So like I just mentioned, it probably makes less sense, let's say, if you're a tarot reader, for you to collaborate with another tarot reader, unless you guys do very different kinds of readings. Let's say you exclusively do past life readings and that person that you want to collaborate with, you know, really focuses on divinatory um, future focused readings. Okay, maybe you can make a case for that. But if you're a tarot reader, a place for a good collaboration might be with an astrologer who doesn't do any tarot readings. They have probably an audience that would be interested in tarot as a supplement to astrology, and your audience might be interested in astrology as a supplement to tarot. So likely overlap in terms of areas of interest, but you offer something different. So when we're looking at this, the really key thing is to ask, how will my work benefit their audience? What am I making that will actually help them solve a problem that that person doesn't solve for them? And this is where those collaborations become really fruitful. Again, I mentioned Hannah, I'm gonna keep using her as an example because she's a good one. 
Most of y'all need help with your taxes, right? Most of you are not tax experts and many of you are at a place in your business where hiring someone to do your taxes isn't super reasonable. Or maybe you wanna make sure you understand your own taxes before hiring them, something I definitely recommend. It's really important to understand these things to the best of your ability um, when you're hiring out so you can make sure somebody's doing the right job. Hannah then is a great natural fit because I know that part of running a business is knowing how to do your taxes and manage your money. So great. Hannah provides a service that I don't, but that my customers need. So if you're unable to answer the question of what do I provide to this person's audience that they don't provide, then it's probably not a good collaboration. It probably is something where you're either yourself is too close it's too similar or it's really too different and there isn't that audience overlap that we're looking at. Now, the third piece of this um, is to have a clear ask, have a clear reason that you are reaching out to somebody in order to do a collaboration. Now, people have different um, kind of personal opinions on this and different styles. So take from this what you will. I am someone who really prefers one of two things. I think that you can do a long game and get to know somebody and build some relationship before offering a collaboration opportunity. But I also really admire when someone just goes straight and says, here's what I want. <laughs> Are you interested? Um, I tend to lean towards the idea of being really direct about collaborations. I find that, again, people are busy and it's really helpful for me personally to know exactly what somebody is asking of me instead of them trying to kind of create like a fake relationship in order to get something out of me. That said, I know a lot of people really don't like to go straight to the ask. They think that um, it's important to have more of a relationship first. Regardless of what you're going for, though, we want to make sure you have a clear ask that you know specifically what you're asking of them. So, for example, if we are seeking um, partners for the Holistic Business Academy, we're asking people to host a webinar with us, right? We have very specific things that we're asking them to do. We provide um, we have a full partner program where we provide, you know, swipe files and graphics and photos and content and the whole content calendar. Everything is pre-planned for them, but we're asking them to take action on it right and to implement this calendar and then to show up for this training that we do now and then of course they get paid right we have um they get they get a percentage of the revenue generated from the training so we make sure that we're really clear on what specifically we're offering we actually have a little pdf that we send people that outlines the entire program makes it really clear and specific what we're asking for and what we're offering in return the I think just for me personally, the most annoying thing is when I get emails of people being like, your work is so cool. Can we collaborate? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Right. You need to do your homework before you reach out to somebody um, to say specifically what you want. This is also true if you're looking for a collaboration that isn't necessarily financial up front. Let's say you want to be on someone's podcast or you want to do a, um, a blog um, guest post or something. Be really clear on what specifically you want out of this interaction and what you can offer in return. So if you're pitching somebody for a podcast, let them know what topics you're an expert in. Let them know the kinds of things you can talk about and let them know explicitly what you're bringing to the table. What is your audience size? How will you promote the podcast? What can you give in return uh, for being featured? Now, when we approach collaborations this way, the reason this is so valuable when we make sure there's an overlapping audience, we really lead with service in terms of knowing how what we can actually provide to their audience. And then we clearly state what our goals are. We make it easier for people to say yes or no, right? And we, just like with sales, this is actually just another version of selling when you're pitching a collaboration. 
Just like with sales, a no is also a really solid answer because then you know not to waste your time anymore. You know that they're not interested or they're not interested right now. So what we wanna do when we do this, we make it easier for the potential person that you wanna collaborate with to make a decision. That makes their lives easier. If you're gonna be in someone's inbox, if you're gonna be asking people um, to do something with you, make it as easy for them as possible to know whether or not it's the right fit for their audience. Do the labor up front to make it easier for them to make that decision. Now, this can be really reversed to how I see a lot of people approach collaborations. And again, chances are, if you approach your sales this way in your business, you probably approach collaborations the same way as well. I do see a lot of people approach this in a very passive way, like they're afraid to say what they want or afraid to say why they're reaching out. You know, sometimes this looks like the, everyone's least favorite question, can I pick your brain? Which is so fucking vague, like that means nothing. It is like, absolutely useless or can I ask you a little bit about your journey or could you tell me about your experience all of those things are really vague if you're going to ask somebody for their time for their experience for access to their audience you need to be very clear on what specifically your expectations are and again what you're bringing to the table because any collaboration any um, sales partnership any um, partner or affiliate program is a mutually beneficial agreement and if you can't show what they're going to get out of it or make it easy for them to understand what you are expecting then it's probably going to be a no and it's also going to be emotionally and mentally taxing on the person that you're reaching out to, which is probably not what you want. We tend a lot of times to kind of go towards passivity and to be vague because we don't quote want to bother people, but honestly that bothers people more, <laughs> right? This is why I'm always like saying, you know, sell more actively, sell more explicitly because then people don't have to try to guess what you're getting at. Same thing with collaborative work. So if that makes you uncomfortable, that is okay. It's all right for it to feel a little bit scary to send out emails to people, especially people maybe you don't know very well or people who you haven't had this kind of relationship with in the past. Just remember that they can say no. And if you have a clear ask and you're very explicit about what you're bringing to the table and what you would want from them for a collaboration, again, whether that's being on their podcast, whether that's doing a partnership of some kind, whether it's doing like a cross promotion, if you're very clear on that, it's going to be easier for people to make a decision and that's going to make their lives easier rather than the kind of vague wishy-washy, hey, it'd be so cool if we could work together or it'd be so cool if you would share my thing sometime, maybe like that kind of stuff, waste of time. It's super annoying and it just fills up somebody's inbox. So Think of this not only as an opportunity then to expand your reach, get in front of new customers, find more people that you can help, but also for you to practice your sales skills because it's the exact same um, way of communicating that you're doing with your direct customers as well. So I wanted to just recap real quickly a couple of the goals of a partnership like this that I mentioned kind of sprinkled throughout, but let's make it a little bit more explicit. Any kind of collaboration our primary goal is going to be to reach new customers. The big difference is what stage of customer reach we're doing. So if you want to um, be on somebody's podcast, for example, that's generally not a sales opportunity per se. Maybe you will mention your business or you will mention a link that people can go to, but you're not directly selling. That's more of an awareness level of customer reaching. That's also, for most people, a, a less... Um, challenging ask, right? If somebody has a podcast where they have guests, then they may be looking for guests. They may not. That's also normal too, especially now that we're heading into the end of the year. Um, I know for us and then for a lot of folks, people are starting to kind of wrap up their content calendars for the year, right? Q4 is really not a great time to be pitching things in general. Um, I would start up again in like January, February, but 
This way you can start to plan ahead for the beginning of next year. Other, other goals would be to have those direct sales, right? To do something like an actual collaboration or partnership, or maybe you do a joint webinar, a joint venture project. You are cross-promoting each other actively and actually sending people to sales pages or to offers. And then often in that situation, somebody would get a percentage, a referral fee, for doing that work. Again, that feels really good when this is somebody that you either have a good relationship with or you know that the product or service is a great fit for their audience and you can go direct to that kind of sales focused goal. But ultimately, the reason that overlapping audience piece, that first point we looked at is so important, it's not just because you want to make sure that it's a good fit for their audience, but also because there's really not a lot of point in putting a ton of effort into promoting something or trying to book something for an audience that is not a good fit for you. So it also saves your time and it saves the time of the person that you are reaching out to. Ultimately, collaborations are sales experiences for you. This is a place for you to practice and a place for you to really find those other communities, those other audiences, those other people that you don't know yet, and to leverage their existing relationship with somebody in order to be introduced yourself. This is so powerful. This is really how things kind of travel word of mouth. In general, you're kind of like scaling word of mouth when you do collaboration work like this. And it's a really great way, something to add to your toolkit in addition to organic social media and content and all the other different things that you're doing. A few things to keep in mind as you move forward with this. The first of all is that the easiest way to do something like this is to build a system for it. Inside my business, we have a whole system for how we manage our partnerships, how we do outreach, how we find people. Develop a system because this is in a large sense, just like any sales, a numbers game. You're gonna to need to reach out to a certain number of people to get a certain number of responses and to even get a few yeses. So if you send 10 emails, you may not get 10 yeses. You probably will not. So planning to do this at scale by having a clear system, such as having pre-written emails that then you're adjusting for everybody you're contacting, having a way to track who you've reached out to, and all of those things, that's all really powerful ways to ensure that this is easy and it's something that can actually be repeated in your business without you having to reinvent the wheel every time. The second piece is make sure you're prepared for people to say yes. Just like with launching a new product or service, you don't have to have everything perfectly mapped out. But if somebody says yes and wants to do a partnership with you or wants to have you on a podcast, are you ready? Do you have what's required to actually fulfill on that? You know, if you want to be on podcasts, but you don't have any external microphone, even like a pair of headphones, you're probably not setting yourself up for success, right? Somebody who runs a podcast is going to want you to probably use a microphone that is not the one that's in your computer. So just think a little bit about what you need to have ready when somebody says yes. If you want to do an affiliate partnership, do you need some software that's going to track where leads are coming from to make sure that they get those attributions? So just something to be mindful of, of are you ready for the win? Do you have what needs to be in place if somebody says yes? And finally, because this can be a little bit labor intensive, is I would give yourself a period of time to focus on this as a sales strategy and see how it works for you, but give yourself a time limit. A lot of times when trying new strategies becomes exhausting is when we don't have a time limit, so we actually end up stopping too soon. I would say, you know, like two weeks of trying this is not enough, but going more than six months without a check-in is probably too long. So maybe this is something that you focus on for a particular quarter or a particular month and start to see what results that you get. But give yourself some actual time to work on this without letting it go on forever, risking that you're going to get exhausted before you see any results. 
I hope that this has given you some ways to explore collaborations in your business, to get excited about the ways you can work with people that aren't specifically social media based in particular, and to start to see where you can really provide value and service to other people's communities and audiences, because that's really where the magic is and where everybody benefits. And if you know folks who already have customers and communities that would be a good fit for your work, do not hesitate to reach out. If you can do something for them that they can't, then that is going to be extremely valuable. And as always, this is a place where you will get rejected. That is okay. <laughs> be ready for no's, it's not a bad thing. Even just getting responses to your emails are a good sign. So go forth, reach out, use this to plan for the beginning of, I would say maybe October, you can do some, some outreach, but November, December, most of us are kind of doing our end of year hustle, to be honest. So <laughs> I would probably wait for folks into the new year and make sure that it is actually a good fit for them before you reach out. All right. But if you do that, you're going to start to get this amazing opportunity to serve other people's audiences, to provide immense value to them without you having to, I don't know, like dick around with hashtags on Instagram. <laughs> I am so glad to be back for my trip and look forward to diving in with you more here in the coming weeks on the podcast. Again, we're probably going to be doing a rebrand and changing some things around, which is really exciting. So I will keep you posted about that as we move forward with it. And if you are ready to go a little bit deeper into your work and you want some support doing that, you should get on the wait list for the Holistic Business Academy. Uh, we will be reopening the doors one more time um, in 2021. So hop on over to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist. Get on the wait list. That way you'll be the first to know when we reopen the doors for the final time of the year. And um, you can come in and join our community and get all of the coaching community and content support you need to grow your holistic business. I am uh, going to talk to you all later. Go forth, collaborate, make friends, sell stuff. <laughs> Take full advantage of the fact that you do something that is going to help more people in this world. And your job is just to find them. Bye for now.